Women are increasingly accessing fertility therapy when they find it difficult to conceive. The treatment is becoming more and more common. Repeated cycles are often recommended. However, not much is known about the long-term health effects of fertility therapy, particularly when treatments are not successful. I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Jacob Udell, cardiologist at Women's College Hospital and the Peter Monk Cardiac Center at Toronto General Hospital, clinician scientist at the Women's College Research Institute, and an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. Dr. Udell and his co-authors published a research study in CMAJ in which they investigated whether unsuccessful fertility therapy in women is associated with subsequent adverse cardiovascular events. I reached Dr. Udell in Toronto. Hi, Dr. Udell. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a bit of background. How commonly do women receive fertility therapy? Very good question. So it's reported that the rates of fertility problems or infertility uh, has can be seen in up to 10 to 15% of women of childbearing age, depending on how um, long they've been at it in terms of trying to achieve pregnancy and conceive. And it's thought that uh, there's a substantial amount of those women um, in developed world that are uh, undergoing fertility therapy. But the best data we have is probably on the, on the, on the far end that about 1% to 2% of babies who are now born are conceived with the assistance of fertility therapy. That's a pretty high number. Why did you want to do this study particularly? Well, first of all, it is probably a, a high and growing number. So we've noticed, you know, caring for these patients for a long time, that fertility drug treatment can cause short-term complications. It's well described in the literature, uh, such as high blood pressure or diabetes in pregnancy. So I recently started worrying that there may be some long-term consequences for these women years after the baby was born. Which data did you look at for this study? So to undertake the study, we looked at all women who were treated with fertility therapy in the province of Ontario in Canada for the last 20 years. And then we followed them up years later to examine every woman's cardiovascular health, um, whether they were uh, being seen as an outpatient or if they were hospitalized with a cardiac issue or if they had passed away. And you found that um, unsuccessful fertility therapy is actually associated with an increased risk of adverse cardiovascular events a few years down the line. Tell us a bit more about those findings. So, in fact, we found that uh, fertility therapy failure was followed by a 19% relative increase in heart disease, particularly heart failure, uh, in comparison to women who were successful at conceiving after fertility therapy. The absolute risk, however, was modest. It was equal to about four additional cardiac events for every thousand women treated for 10 years of follow-up amongst those who did not deliver a child. So, you know, tempering the fact that this, these are fortunately not common occurrences, however, there was this increase in risk that we noticed. And what do you think about the cause of, of this? It's very hard to, to speculate about cause, but you must have some ideas. Well, one theory is that fertility therapy or having to undergo fertility therapy sort of acts like a stress test. Uh, as a cardiologist, we do stress tests all the time in order to get a sense of whether a patient's at risk for, you know, an, uh, a future heart attack or cardiac event. And so this, this process, um, this physiological stress test, for lack of a better term, may uncover those who are destined for medical troubles. The alternative explanation that we've 
we've bounced around and that has been reported in the literature is that potentially these repeated cycles of these powerful medications may somehow lead to premature heart disease. But as of yet, that's uh, still unclear as to which prevailing theory is more likely. My uh, feeling is it's probably the former, not the latter. That is that you're uh, making worse a pre-existing risk. No, that you're uncovering someone who's destined for, for a medical trouble and that it's really kind of a, acting like a physiological stress test to not be able to conceive may unmask or may um, uh, identify some women who are particularly high risk. That's really interesting. There are limitations to using administrative data in the way that you have. And in your article, you caution readers about this. Um, can you explain those limitations? Yeah, the biggest limitation is that we don't know exactly which drugs, which doses, and what degree of monitoring was received by these women uh, over the course of time that we studied. We just didn't have that sort of data. Another limitation is, of course, that the average age of the, of the women we studied were in their late 40s at the end of our study, so that there may be many more issues to come in the years ahead that we will have to follow these women up for uh, in order to have a better sense of whether we're just uh, finding the tip of the iceberg here. And do you have plans for future studies to uncover some of those things? We, we do have a few plans in place. So one is that we um, will follow these women up over time as the next few years, we'll, they'll undergo uh, potential presentations for cardiac events, and we'll be able to follow them up in the next five to 10 years as they shift into their middle and then late ages and see whether or not the signal becomes more uh, pronounced. There are other data sets that are at our uh, potential um, access that we may have, uh, including those that the fertility doctors have started to collect and that are linked to our administrative data sets in Ontario. Uh, that's still an un under, you know, under plan to, to undertake that research up, uh, with other colleagues across Canada, but that's very promising because we think for the first time we would have better understanding of the exact therapies that the women are, are, are taking. That would be great. That would lead to... Um to good insights. And what advice should physicians give their patients who are seeking fertility therapy based on the findings of your study? What about women who've undergone unsuccessful fertility therapy in the past? What should doctors be advising them? Right. And so this, we think, is a very important point and the reason we undertook the study. So we think that this is an opportunity for women to talk to their doctors about their heart health when they reach middle age. We also think that this is an opportunity for doctors to listen to women including potentially their experiences with infertility and fertility therapy, many years later to see if there is any particular signals there that they should be listening uh, and working up more closely in order to potentially mitigate those cardiovascular risks later in life. Dr. Udell, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. I've been speaking with Dr. Jacob Udell, cardiologist at Women's College Hospital and the Peter Monk Cardiac Center at Toronto General Hospital clinician scientist at the Women's College Research Institute, and an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. To read the research article he co-authored, visit cmaj.ca. If you've been listening to our CMAJ podcasts, please leave us your comments and feedback on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any of our social media channels. Mm -hmm.